You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Today on Made For This, we will be reading Philippians 3, verses 3 and 4, and 7 and 8. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And now, let's hear from Jenny. Paul says this, Don't put confidence in the flesh. We are those who worship by the Spirit of God and the glory of Jesus, that, that there is a separate thing that we're going to put our hope in, and it isn't our own ability, it isn't our own knowledge, it isn't wisdom or our own counsel. And so what we bring to those friendships when they're healthy and when they're life-giving is we bring God to those friendships, that we actually know that the greatest thing we can do for each other is push each other to Jesus, that that rather than give great advice, rather than set this expectation of, hey, let me solve your problems and fix your things, that builds codependency. But when we push each other to Jesus and we say, hey, let me point you to the one that actually can solve these problems, that is when you start to see supernatural life change. Uh, the first Bible study I ever wrote was called Stuck. The places we get stuck and the God who sets us free. And gosh, it resonated with a lot of people. And I remember the first time I taught it, I taught it in my home church. I had no idea it would go on to be published. And I just knew that I needed it and the people I knew needed it. And so we sat in a little cafeteria of our church plant, and there were about 150 women, all different ages, that came. And I noticed I had these conversation cards, which all of my studies have, and I noticed that what was happening was we were all complaining the whole time. (laughs) We would ask these very deep questions that were important, like, when do you get jealous? And if you get angry, why do you get angry? But it caused, it was vulnerable. And so people were blown away by Bible study actually bringing about this authenticity and vulnerability. And yet I was so dissatisfied with the result because I was thinking, ah, I just, basically everybody walked away and was like, I need counseling, you know, this pulling up and out and uh, for the first time for a lot of them, of the issues that they've been walking with potentially for a long time. And and hey, there is power in that. I noticed a second thing that worried me in that first study. People started to, when they would share all their problems, they would start to counsel each other. They would tell each other, this is 
how I handle that. This is how my Aunt Margaret handled it. This is, here's some essential oils and here, here's, you know, the names of, you know, good play therapist. And, and I was like, noticing all this, I was like, wait, yeah, Jesus, like we're in a Bible study people. And so I completely rebuilt the way I did Bible study after that. I, I put scripture in the center. In fact, I made a lot of ground rules like we've talked about before here. I've made some ground rules and we put it in the center. And you, every time that you started a small group, even if you'd been in it four times, five times, you had to read the ground rules together. And the ground rules were simple. The ground rules were, and are still, if you do one of my Bible studies, you know, and let me focus on these two. One is that we don't counsel each other with human wisdom, that we point to the word of God. And then I would give a scripture each week. And I said, okay, everything's got to come back to that scripture. And it was amazing because it was awkward and it was hard and it didn't feel natural to not counsel each other. We love to fix each other's problems with as fast a methods as we can. First Corinthians 2 talks about this. Paul's talking about here, he says, hey, there's a lot of human wisdom, but it is completely different than supernatural, spiritual life change that God wants to bring in our lives. Now, I believe this too. All truth is from God. If it is true, then it is from God. So there is something useful and helpful about counseling. There's something useful and helpful about medicine. For goodness sakes, I love essential oils. I'm not dogging any of it. I'm just saying when we go to spiritual people, about spiritual problems and we don't give spiritual answers, we're missing the best part. It's that those things are incomplete. They're self-help. And you know, it's so funny, people are so hard on self-help. And in fact, I got a lot of encouragement about this podcast being biblical and that I'm looking at scripture and it not being self-help. But but there is some truth in self-help. Self-help is helpful or, or it wouldn't sell books. It wouldn't cause good. But I'll just say this, it's very limited. It's only going to help you so far. It might solve a problem for a week or a month, but it won't solve the biggest problems of our lives and the biggest problems of our souls. And I think most of you are here and you're still listening because you have big problems, because you have something that you want to shift. You want, you, Maybe you stumbled across this and you're like, I want to be unstuck. These are bigger issues than essential oils can solve, you know? And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at what does it look like to believe supernatural things, spiritual truths that go into our souls, not just solve our physical ailments, not just solve our emotional issues, but actually go into us and solve everything that God built within us. The awesome part about that is you get off the hook. Like I realized, and I think actually everybody loved it when they started, when they shifted and started doing this in Bible study, everybody was relieved because we realized that, you know what, our answers can only go so far. Pointing people to scripture and to God is actually really helpful. It requires faith. It requires believing that God is the answer to our problems. And it shifts from a natural answer to a supernatural answer. And that one's scarier to give and harder to receive because we're a little bit scared. It's kind of like, I'm going to put my foot on this water like Peter, and I'm going to trust that you're going to provide, and then I'm not going to sink. And then when you do, when you see him provide, it's like, yes, but there's no way to know that he will provide until you step, until you're on the water. And so pushing people to God is pushing them to faith and pushing them to believe that God can and we'll move into the places that we're so stuck. And gosh, I mean, that's what we want for people. We want people to be spiritually free. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Chloe. What are you doing? (laughs) I am hanging out. Let's talk about deep things. We've got another question about giving each other God and not good advice. Are you ready for it? Ready. So let's say hypothetical situation, you're sitting with a friend and she's sharing some really hard stuff with you 
And there's that moment where you like feel your chest tightening and you're like, oh no, what do I say back to this person? Because you don't want to say Bible verses that make it sound trite. Oh yeah. But, but you also don't want to be silent. So talk through this with me. Like what would I say to that person and how could I respond to them in a loving way? Oh, okay. The first thing is we do a lousy job of slapping Bible verses on people's suffering when the greatest thing we can do for someone is to sit in it with them, that we weep with those who weep and we celebrate with those who celebrate. I mean, that is scripture and we've got to get better at that. Cause I think, I, I mean, oftentimes what we do and I, in fact, I had to confess this to my small group today. I can jump in and fix things. And I'm really working on this because part of where all of this comes from for me when I'm preaching is what God's showing me in my life. And this is one of those things I'm working on in, in friendship is I'm trying to be someone who waits on the Lord and, and listens. I want to be someone who trusts the spirit for the right apt response in that moment, rather than something that is not helpful. And, and I think when we have properly felt what the other person is feeling, and that usually comes by asking questions and really listening and really empathizing, I think that God will give us those words. And I've seen this happen again and again, but it takes relationship with him. It takes waiting on him. It takes waiting on the person to share the real things they're feeling and not trying to fix them. Nobody wants to be a project. Most people bring you their problems because they want someone to be in that with them. They want someone to sit in that with them. And so I think as we sit in that with someone and really feel it and hear them. And as we pray, as we continually meet with God on our own and, and sit in the scriptures, we, we will have the right thing for them, but it won't, you know, this isn't an easy answer. I remember somebody saying, you know, give me the book on parenting that can help every kid, you know, no matter their personality. I'm like, like that doesn't exist because every kid is different. And, and honestly, the biggest help in parenting is the Holy Spirit. We all need God to show us what to say, to show us how to handle a situation. If I punished all my kids the same way, if I spoke to all my kids the same way, if I tried to spend time with them all in the same way, it wouldn't work. Like each one of them is unique and needs different things. And the way that I know what to do is I always am asking God, like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> Help me. Tell me what to do. And I just want to encourage everybody. I know it's not the easy answer and everybody likes a formula, but this is how we're meant to live the spiritual life. Like we're meant to depend on God for everything, for everything. You know, Sunday I was at church and I sat next to a man that when we were greeting each other, he actually shared with me a lot of hard stuff. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do next? Do you want me to ask him to lunch? Like Zach and I didn't have our kids. So we were like, you know, we can take him to lunch. Do you want us to get his number? Well, he suddenly gets up halfway through the, the sermon and left. And I was like, you know what? I'm so disappointed, but I love that if there was something I was supposed to do, we were willing to do it and say it. And, and I think God moves through that. And we've got to sit in that posture all the time. It doesn't always work out how we think, but he is able and can lead us. And I think we miss this supernatural life because we're trying to solve it with formulas and quick fixes and even slapping Bible verses on it. And I think what he wants us to do is to have a relationship and to be dependent and to wait on him. It's not easy, 
but it works. Hmm. That's good. What we've got to realize is we're looking at a culture that desperately wants answers and they do want to know God. They don't love Christians <laughs> and yet they do have a hunger for God. They hope there's a God. They want there to be a God. And so if we limit our lives to clickable statements and answers and four steps to this and get the counselor. I mean, we build a life that protects itself from ever depending and desperately needing God. And I think that's what breaks my heart sometimes when I see people giving self-help all the time. It's not that it's wrong or not helpful. It's that Gosh, in the brokenness is the very place we're meant to find God and hope. One of my good friends lost her husband this week. And I'm, I mean, I am just crying out to God for her. And it's just a heartbreaking story. He died suddenly and I'm just absolutely broken hearted. And I wake up, you know, the second morning after he's gone and she's preaching to all of us, you know, and, and it's because in her desperation, she knows there's no other answer for her than heaven. and a kingdom coming and a God who saves, who's able and mighty to save. There's nothing anyone can say to her. There's nothing. I'm not saying don't bring the casserole or help with the kids or there's some practical things, but, but at the core of who she is in her darkest night, the only thing is God. And I think there is something we miss when we try to solve every problem with worldly answers. And, and my hope and prayer is that we would become people that that wait on God for the supernatural things that he can bring. Because when you watch it happen, like that morning, I mean, I could not, I, I, I was in church or about to go into church when I saw her post and I've never worshiped God like I did because I saw the supernatural power of God to give hope to a desperate, despairing person. And yet she wasn't despairing and she wasn't desperate because of God. And that's the story I want to live. That's the story I want to preach. That's the story I want to be a part of. I don't want to, you know, and honestly, Chloe, we'll just stop here. We're probably in the middle of the first season. I just want to say, I don't want to do a podcast that that's pithy and cute. I mean, our music's fun, you know, there's that, but I don't want to just give like great topics and everybody, I want to give God, I want you to walk away from these episodes and feel like, you know, Jesus better, that you want God more, that, that you want a relationship with him. I don't want you to walk away from this and feel like you learned, you know, how to parent better or how to have a better life. None of that's wrong because God desires for his people to live to the fullest. But if we're going to define what this podcast is about, what we were made for, made for this, we were made for a relationship with Jesus Christ and we were built for it, like physically, emotionally, spiritually, and everything but that falls short. And so let it be that that's what we give away, that that's what all of us are giving away because it's the only thing that is mighty to save that actually shifts our souls, that gives us hope. And on the darkest day, it's the only thing that will sustain us. I can't wait to tell you about this one. On September 26th and 27th this year, Jenny and a bunch of other Bible teachers are gathering in Dallas, Texas to pour into those of you who are leading in your places. Maybe you're leading a small group or a classroom or you're running a team. 
Whatever it may be, you're invited to join us at If Lead on September 26th and 27th to spend two days being reminded that what you do matters and you're not alone in it. You can head to ifgathering.com to find tickets and use the promo code made for this all one word at checkout to get $40 off. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.